game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A dish off to CeCe, a shot deflected, score! Nick Bukestad, 4-2 Edmonton. He finally breaks through. Solid game for the Oilers tonight. That's the game winner in the second period from Nick Bukestad. The Oilers take down the Kings 6-3 in game five. So the Oilers lead the best of 7-3-2. They are one win away from the second round. They're going to have to wait a bit to attempt to advance as game six is not until Saturday night in Los Angeles. Thanks a lot for joining us. It's 10:40 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. We are live in Studio 99. I've already had a couple of fans come up to me and say, well, that was much less stressful in the first four <laughs> games of the series as Edmonton played pretty well for the most part. Heartland Ford overtime open line, Rob. And in some ways, not a great first period by the Oilers because they had a couple lapses and they gave up two, but they scored three and we played the Bugstad goal and they, that was the one that eventually chased Corpusawa. Yeah, no, the Oilers came out with energy, and they came out and pushed the pace. There were some defensive lapses on their part that left Skinner by himself, but uh, the chances that they're getting are now going in. And I think in the first few games of this series, there may have been a little frustration on the part of the Oilers because they were throwing everything on the net, and they were getting great looks and great A scoring chances, and Corpusalo at that point seemed unbeatable. Well, the last five periods now what is that nine goals against in five periods for for Corpus Allo that the Oilers have scored against them he looks beatable and to me the the game really went towards the Oilers when Kane scored that goal on the power play in the first period they the LA Kings take the first penalty which is not good to do against the Oilers their power play is probably clicking around 65 70 percent now after tonight but the, oil, the, the Kings do a really good job. They, they fight off the first power play unit. They get them off the ice. They get second unit, and Kane has it on the outside, and he scores from distance on Corpus Allo. Uh, that, I think, was a deflate for the, um, for the L.A. Kings. And now the Oilers are playing with a lead. Now, L.A. kept pushing and, and hanging around in the first period, but they were continuously chasing this hockey game. And you knew at some point the Oilers were going to get that separating goal. And they finally did in this hockey game. And Corpus Allo, that was the end of the night for him. So I think, and, and you had Jody Shelley on the show before the game. And I listened to the conversation. And it was very good. But the one thing that Jody Shelley said to you is his one fear for Corpus Allo was he would get tired. He, he looks fatigued. And tonight, he did look tired. The last two games he's played, he's looked tired. This break's going to help him. But the Edmonton Oilers took full advantage of a, a, an L.A. King team that was a little fatigued and the Oilers looked like the much fresher group tonight. 6-3 Edmonton is the final. Nick Bugstad scores twice tonight, Rob. Two acquisitions for the Oilers that week leading up to the trade deadline. One was Matthias Ekholm. He's been outstanding. We've talked about him a ton. We haven't talked about Bugstad as much, but I, I, you know, we've said this about Ekholm. We knew he was going to be good, better than he, than we thought he was mm -hmm. going to be. I, I mean, I'd say the same thing about Bugstad. He gets two goals tonight. The uh, 
the goal early in the third period that was originally Hyman's is now his. He, he flipped it in front, so they rule it didn't hit Hyman. So Bukestad scores twice. He plays 16-41. Didn't have as good a night uh, in faceoffs as he usually does. He went four out of ten, but he's he's been, uh, Bob put it out there, he's over 58% in the series. And it was kind of funny this morning at the morning skate because there was so much, oh, which goal is it going to be, which goal is it going to be. And it was Holloway with... McDavid and Dreisaitl, so Holloway a placeholder for Kane, yep. and Bugstad with Eugene Hopkins and Hyman. And I was watching the boarding skate thinking, okay, Bugstad has played well, and we have yep. seen him shuffled up, but <laughs> is this, is this real being or a, little, yeah. a little cheeky? What's he going to do? But uh, a good game for Bugstad. I mean, he showed some flexibility and uses that reach to keep a lot of plays alive. Well, I agree with you. I... I'm not sure I had him pegged to be as good as he's been for the Oilers, and he has been excellent. And he's been up and down the lineup. You need a penalty killer, he's out there. You need a guy in your third line, he's there. A guy to win face-offs, he does that, and he does that consistently. And then tonight, he has played top six minutes in his career, and that's not his role on a, on a good team nowadays, but he's capable of doing it. And what you're seeing in this series right now Yamamoto uh, uh, has struggled at times in this series. And you can't struggle and be in the top six. It's just these games are too important. So the Oilers want to load up their top line. They don't know if Yamamoto on the second line is going to give them what they need so that Bukestad steps in there and was excellent. I mean, he scored two goals. Uh, he was good on the forecheck. Uh, he had a couple other really nice plays. Once he shook Arvidsson off on a, on a physical mismatch, took the puck to the net, got a couple good whacks at it. So, yeah, Ekholm obviously is the, the star acquisition from that deadline. But Bukestad has fit in perfectly and it's it's almost like Ken Holland knew what he was doing and knew what this team needed going forward because those two acquisitions have been excellent so far in this first round for the Edmonton Oilers. Bukestad picked as the second star tonight. Zach Hyman, the third star, scored a goal off his face. Darnell <laughs> Nurse, the first star tonight. Nurse has two assists, plays 21-02 five hits and five blocked shots. We gave out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I think a lot of guys played well, a lot of options, but I'm going to give it to the guy who got pulled last game. Stops 25 out of 28 tonight, and that's Stuart Skinner in net. Well, yeah, and good on him. It, it's, it's hard enough being a rookie goaltender coming in and, and being just the backup. Then he gets thrust into, okay, now you're the starter. Now you've got a team that you know, there's the expectation is, you know, Stanley Cup finals are bust. And they know they got the offensive prowess on this team. They know they got the superstars. They went out and got Ekholm. So now you're the, okay, we got, everything is set. So rookie goaltender, go do your job. And the first, he, he, he met, he's had everything running smoothly for the last little while. A little adversity in game four. And then you wonder, how's the rookie going to handle it? Is he going to come back in? Is there going to be nerves? Is he going to be shaky? But no, he looked exactly as calm as uh, uh, calm and relaxed net as he had in all the previous games. And, well, he outplayed both goaltenders at the other end tonight. I thought he was excellent in this game, and that gives the Oilers confidence going into a game six in L.A. that their starter 
is back and ready to go. So the Oilers win 6-3 in Game 5. They lead the series 3-2. The Japanese Village goal light is on for the second straight game. We activate it whenever the Oilers score five or more. So head to 630Ched.com, print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. And I, I think, Rob, I mean, we know the Oilers are a much deeper team than they have been really in, in several years. I mean, McDavid gets a couple of assists. Uh, Dreisaitl scores again. Those guys wind up minus because they had a couple tough mm-hmm. f- five-on-five shifts where they were maybe thinking about the other end of the rink more about, about their own end. So, I mean, to me, the, the power play still comes through, and those guys still created chances. But, again, Bukestad, good game. I thought Fogel had a good game. McLeod with mm, a, what a, great a nice pass. pass. Derek Ryan's around the net again. You had a defenseman who, who rarely scores his first career playoff goal for Brett Kulak tonight. So a lot of other names had their moments in the spotlight tonight. Well, you're, as we've seen in the past, you can't win a Stanley Cup on the back of two superstars. You need a supporting cast because they don't play all 60 minutes. That's the difference between hockey and basketball. Superstars play the whole game in basketball. In hockey, you need other players to uh, do their job and contribute. And I think that we've seen in this last stretch of games to end the regular season and so far in the playoffs that different guys are stepping up each night for the Oilers in the bottom six. And it's not always just producing offensively. It's keeping momentum going. It's throwing a big hit at the right time. It's getting a forecheck going when the other team's best line's out there. So now they're stuck in their own zone for 45, 50 seconds, and they're tired, and when they get the puck out, they change. So you just wasted a good shift by a Deneau line or a Kopitar line. Uh, And then when you have your opportunity to do something good offensively, as we saw tonight, that was a fantastic play by McLeod to Kulak. And it would be like the the, the L.A. Kings. You, you've, you've shut down Kopitar. You've shut down Deneau. And then all of a sudden, no, Anderson Dolan comes yeah. out and scores a goal for, against you. And you're like, oh, it's just disheartening. So, and probably more so for the other teams because you shut down Connor, you shut down Leon. We kept the minus on the night. Yeah, we gave up six. And, and, and we lose the hockey game. So, it was a good night by the entire crew. And it's... Everyone gets a well-deserved break here for a couple days. And, it is, and it was, I liked what Bukestad said. There's been a lot of late games lately. Uh, We're going to catch up on our sleep, and I think both teams desperately need that. Okay. The Oilers win it 6-3. They lead the series 3-2. You're going to hear from Nick Bukestad, from Stuart Skinner, and from Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft all ahead. We're live in Studio 99. This is Hartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Mishandled, a little give and go, more over to Jersey, left circle, wrist shot, save, Skinner, the rebound cleared down the middle. And with the Oilers back at full strength. All right, Stuart Skinner with his save of the game for Crystal Glass, call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. The Oilers beat the Kings 6-3 tonight. So Skinner back in net, back in the win column, stops 25 out of 28. Corpus Salo started for the Kings, played 31-49, got pulled. He made 15 saves on 19 shots. Phoenix Copley comes in, makes six saves on eight shots. So those were the goalie stats tonight. Uh, no doubt Corpus Salo's back <laughs> on, on Saturday for the Kings. Well, I would think so because Copley didn't come in. and I mean, the first goal wasn't his fault. It went off Hyman's face. But the, the second goal that Bukestad eventually got uh, credit for, 
He just threw a you know a backhand on net, and what you're hoping for is what, happened, exactly what happened. What happened? But uh, Copley, I don't know if he was lazy or he muffed it, but he went to catch it and missed the puck. And now my guess is it hit the defenseman coming in instead of Hyman because it did bounce off of someone. But Copley missed the puck to start with. So yeah, I believe it'll be Corpusalo. Uh, they will need him to have a big game. I. You want to finish it off. You want to finish the game off Saturday night. You never want to put yourself in a position of a do-or-die game and then a goalie stands on his head, an accidental five-minute major, anything like that. So the Oilers want to take advantage of the fact that they are one game away from moving on to the next round and they want to finish it off Saturday night in L.A. It won't be easy, but... The Edmonton Oilers are playing very well right now. James H. Brown, injury lawyers, they are filling the net. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. $100 to 630. Chad sent us anonymous for every Oilers goal in the playoffs. It's now up to $2,000 with the $600 donation tonight. And, yeah, it was... I, 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 was, I wasn't sure how... I mean, you, as a coach, and Ron Lowe said it, you don't want to communicate to your bench, okay, you know, we're throwing in the towel. I, I don't think we can win. Um, when you're down 5-2, start of the third period, you know, there's been wild swings in yep. the playoffs in the series. So you knew Todd was going to go for it, but I was also wondering, you know, they've had more guys who have played a lot than the Oilers. Yes. Um, now, Dowdy didn't get to 30 minutes tonight. He only got <laughs> to 25. I think he was at 17 after two periods. So I yeah. guess he did get scaled back a little bit. Yeah, it's 25 minutes he, in a game. He probably that, missed a shift or two with that shot block. Yes, yeah, true. And it's yeah. probably it was 25 minutes in a game that was out of hand halfway through the second period. So he, he did play a lot. Uh, it's it's funny. The, we, we talked that the Kings would have to score early in the third period to make it any sort of game. They did get a power yep. play. And then on the power play, Fiala, I believe it was Fiala that got taken down and Connor McDavid was there. Everyone thought there was going to be a penalty. Fiala did. I think McDavid thought there was too because he just kind of, everyone stopped and looked at the ref and then all of a sudden, oh, wait a second. And then McDavid jumped up and, and made it into a partial two-on-one with Evander Kane. But once the LA Kings didn't take advantage of that power play, then both teams were just hoping that it would be running time the rest of the way, get this game over, get to bed, and start preparing for, well, the next biggest game of the year, Saturday night. Well, possibly Saturday night in L.A. Yeah. We it, don't know. But. It, is, it is interesting. Bukestad said that about the late games. Oh, it I mean, affects the, players. The Absolutely. fans feel it. And I guess if you're used to playing at 7 or 7.30. Well, it's... And then you're starting at 8.20. 8.20. So that's an, an hour and a half difference almost. And then it's overtime games. Yeah. I don't know how long it takes, if there is an average, a player to get home and get to sleep after a game. Well, I can't it, imagine it would be immediate. No, it, it's and not. Then, and then it, I think it more than throws off your routine the following morning. It throws right? everything off because, A, once the game ends... You have to you go for a meal because right. the players, they eat at noon and then they wait till after the game. So you go for a meal. And then there's just the whole uh, trying to calm down after a game. I mean, if you, you win, there's the excitement going to bed so you can't fall asleep right away. If you lose, you start replaying everything that went over in the game, what you could have done better. So usually, if I would say probably 2 o'clock in the morning. And now with the overtimes and late games, now is it 2.30, 3 yeah. o'clock in the morning? So, yeah, fatigue eventually starts to take take over. Oilers win 6-3. Here's head coach Jay Woodcroft. On goals up and down our lineup. So it was, uh, I thought, a well-played game.
or Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and, and Stad, is that going to be a good line for you going forward or what? Oh, you know us, DNB, we move them around the chessboard quite a bit, and I think that's what makes us a good team is that we have a lot of really good players that we can um, move around. Uh, doesn't matter where we're at, what rink we're, we're playing the game in. Um, we're blessed with a lot of really, really good players. I have to ask that in jest after this morning, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you obviously had to put you have to make a few big decisions, whether it's putting Skinner back in or, or you know, putting keeping Connor and Leon together, moving Nick Buke set up. Um, you had your fingerprints all over the game. How did it feel maybe for you to kind of contribute to, to a win in a way? Um, that's what we do every day. That's coaching, um, is trying to make hard decisions. But like I said, I'm, I'm a lucky person and our staff is lucky. Uh, because we have a lot of good players to choose from. I disagree with you. The fingerprints are uh, on our players here. Our players were the ones that went out and executed at a very high level. They played the game with the physicality and pace that we want to play at. And, um, you know, it was a big win for our team. Big win. Uh, Stuart Skinner, he's got such a calm demeanor and he's so mature. Sometimes you forget he's only 24 years old and he's a rookie. Yep. Um, just give me a thought on him coming in and having a great bounce back game and, and uh, you know, just, just the confidence you guys have in him. It's what we expected. It's what we expected. It's the Stuart Skinner I've come to know over my time coaching him in the American League and in the NHL. And, um, you know, he played a good game, gave us a chance to win this game tonight, and um, we did. How do you see him kind of, as he gets more playoff experience, how much better is he going to be for you? Um, you know, because you can't, you have to gain experience to have experience, I guess. Yeah, and that's what he's going through right now. Um, you know, the more he plays, the better he'll, he'll, or the more he'll feel more comfortable. Um, you know, he's, he's somebody who's had a great year, and he's continuing that forward here in the playoffs. Jay, you've talked a lot about when you make a move, a lot of times it's because you think of a certain matchup or not. What was it that, uh, that you liked about moving Bukestad up that you thought would work, and then conversely just about his game tonight, obviously his first ever two-goal game in the playoffs, and just overall what you liked from him individually? Yeah, I think he's played exceptionally well since he's become an Edmonton Oiler. And uh, I think he's, you know, he's a type of player who um, complements other other pieces and tonight we were looking for something specific and um, that line was excellent for us uh, and he goes up Yamamoto moves to a different line he, he, he seemed to have a little bit more jump he was around the puck I know his line didn't score but they seemed to create more did you see that it worked maybe for both guys to switch maybe um, I thought well, every line, every forward uh, contributed, you know, very well. Um, you know, I think uh, uh, Yamo and Costin had numerous scoring chances, and uh, Yamo was good on the penalty kill. Um, so, yeah, it worked uh, the way we moved him around tonight, and we're kind of flexible in how we do it, uh, but we like the look that we had tonight. We'll see what happens next game. I think it was once said, every hit's an investment. You had eight different skaters tonight with four to six hits. Just a thought on that level of physical engagement from your team tonight. Yeah, I think um, that's something that is underrated about the Edmonton Oilers is uh, how physical our team is, how we play whistle to whistle, uh, but we're prepared to invest and, and finish our checks. And uh, we got a lot of big bodies. Uh, so... Um, 
when we do, we think it adds up over time. And, um, you know, we're five games into this series so far. Jay at the back. Yep. Uh, how much do you feel the game turned on that midway through the second period? You had a ton of offensive zone pressure that led to a hard-working goal. How much do you feel the game turned at that moment? Well, I don't know about turn, but I think it was a critical point in the game for us. Um, the one thing about any playoff game as we're watching is that uh, you got to play the full 60 minutes if you want to win it uh, and sometimes a little bit more than 60 minutes if you want to win it um, So, you know, I thought that was a big goal because you know w We felt we had the bulk of the play, but it's nice to get rewarded with a goal like that and um, For Nick to do that. I, I thought it was excellent. It was a culmination of a really good shift Can you speak to the challenge of just trying to close this out? on the road in Los Angeles on Saturday. I'm happy to do that, but I'm gonna take the 15, 20 minutes here and enjoy tonight. And then we'll, um, you know, we're gonna have a, a rest day tomorrow, recuperation day. I'm happy to do that, but I'll, uh, I'll save, uh, save that for another press conference. Jay, can you speak to Hyman taking the shot in the face and then going over to the bench for the high fives with his hand you know, on his face? And does that tell you what hockey players are all about? Yeah, I think so. It's that time of year. You know that more than anybody having covered uh, NHL playoffs for as long as you have. That, um, you know, there's a lot of playoff makeup around this time of year. And, and uh, I'm sure he'll have a big bruise there, but... Um, he was quite pleased when he came to the bench and, and uh, it was a big goal as well, I thought, at the end of the second period. Good. Thanks, guys. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft apt the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers win 6-3 and, yeah, late in the second period, Bouchard blasting hmm. one on the power play and yeah it goes in off Hyman's face yeah fortunately it grazed his face and and didn't hit him full full face and, and I mean that could have been ugly uh, I was a guy that stood in front of the net there's always a little bit of fear when a guy's winding up for a one-timer more so when it's a guy that can fire it like Bouchard can uh, I, I think that one got away from Bouchard most uh, defensemen know that uh, you want to keep it waist down uh, once it gets up a little higher, then it gets a little scary for the players in front. And then there's fear. I, I can imagine the fear that Bouchard had when he f saw that Hyman grabbed his face right away. But it turned out all right. It's a goal that Hyman's never going to forget. It's probably going to have a little mark on his chin or jaw to, to prove it. Uh, but again, it's that's the way Hyman plays. He hangs out in the blue paint and usually get rewarded when you hang out there. We will bring you more from the Oilers dressing room, and we are happy to hear from you as well. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. The Oilers take game five, 6-3. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. A series now, we see Byfield at center. Here's Fogel to McLeod, backdoor tap in. What a finish. Brett Kulak activating and burying it from the left circle. 3-1 Edmonton. 
Well, Brett Kulak making an impact for Impact Swag Supply. Personalized brand name promotional products guaranteed to up your swag factor. Check out impakt.com today. Kulak's had a good series. Kellen, can we? Can you fire that goal again? The series now we see Byfield at center. Here's Fogel to McLeod. Backdoor tap in. What a finish. Sounded like it. He, he would be the one that wanted. He jumped in, and we saw in this game the LA Kings took Quinton Byfield off of their top line, and they moved him down the lineup. And that was one of the big reasons right there. He got uh, beat on the dry sidle goal. That he, that he was the guy covering dry sidle. Then right afterwards, he got beat by Kulak coming in from the po the point, and Kulak knew that he had him, and that's why you could hear him screaming. Like, if you're a defenseman and you got an opportunity backdoor, you want to make sure. McLeod sees you. It's funny because McLeod looks up and all of a sudden you see his head quickly turn to the front of the net and he made a perfect pass right on the stick of Kulak. Made no mistake. Kulak has had a strong series. Yep. A really strong series. Uh, you forget how good a skater he is, but in this series, I bet you three times a night, he's led the rush up where he's got the puck behind the net and just carried it all the way into the offensive zone. So again, when you're getting production, out of your third and fourth lines or a goal from your third pairing defenseman that goes a long way to winning hockey games well and again i think that's another ripple effect of ekholm so he's he's helped bouchard mm -hmm. he's taken some of the pressure off nurse yep. now you can also match up ekholm against the other team's best players and use them to kill penalties and now kulak doesn't always play as much though he did play more than Ekholm tonight yep. by about 30 seconds but now Kulak is sort of more in a comfort zone for him he's playing where he belongs and uh, Kulak is he's one of those four or five defensemen who would be a great five but on uh, as a four it's there's some nights where he might get into a matchup that's not as beneficial to him but as a third pairing defenseman and a guy that can move up and down every, depending on what you need. Every once in a while, you'll see him out there with Nurse. You'll see him out there with Ekholm. He's been excellent. And when they, in games where Dayarnay has struggled and they don't give Broberg the ice he wants, then they go down to five defensemen. Then Kulak, he's flip-flopping. He's all over the place playing with everyone. And he's been good. But yes, Ekholm has, it's when you make a trade and you slide someone into your second line center spot and all of a sudden that guy moves down to the third line and the third line guy moves to the fourth line and everybody is slotted where they belong. Yeah. And too many times here in, in the years that you and I have been here, the others had players through no fault of their own slotted in places that they weren't going to be successful. They had a guy that's not good enough, but he's better than what else we got, so we got to be on our right wing on the first line. Or this guy's going to be our second-line center. He's not a second-line center, but we have no other options. So I think right now the trades that the Oilers made, getting Bukestad, getting Ekholm, has allowed the Edmonton Oilers coaching staff to put everyone where they belong and where they can succeed. 6-3, the Oilers win game 5, 7804960063. We have Bryce standing by. Hi, Bryce, go ahead. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just want to say, uh, let's play La Bamba real loud tonight because that was a great game. Um, we did everything we had to do. Uh, 
Brett Kulak's goal was absolutely dynamite. But uh, I think when it comes to Corpus Allo, we got traffic in front of him. But again, for some clutch goals, we got uh, coming down Corpus Allo's blocker side. We've had probably, I think, five goals in this series and have had been absolutely dynamite, one of which was Hyman's goal last game. Whether it goes over his glove or blocker, he's not stopping those shots, and we totally exposed it. Um, so, yeah, I just want to say I think uh, maybe, you know, maybe they go with Felix next game in L.A., but I, I don't know. I mean, I think the Oilers did everything beautifully, and uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts are on that. Well, they'll, they'll go with Corpusello, not Copley, but the Oilers have scored more goals up high. Corpusello is great flashing his pads off. And he was against tonight yeah. in a game where he gave up four and was pulled. He made three or four saves in the first period. There was a backdoor save he made on Leon Dreisel. Leon, when Leon gets it where he got it there, that's in the net. Yeah. And Corpusalo came across. It was a fantastic save. But, yeah, they, going up high is where you beat him. Every goaltender has a weakness or somewhere where he's not as strong as other spots. Uh, but you have to find that spot. And when you find it, then you got to execute. And the Oilers have been executing over the last five periods and they've buried their chances against him. I do believe, as Jody Shelley said, he looks fatigued. He will get four days rest. The Both teams will be refreshed and, and ready on Saturday, and I expect a fun game Saturday night. And this is one where you always want to close a team out when you can because you don't want that extra game for, well, the simple fact it's a, a do-or-die game, but also that brings other things into play, such as injuries. So when you get a chance to finish a series off, you do it in your first opportunity. The Oilers' first opportunity will be Saturday. Yeah, we got to wait. I'm sure the Oilers would love... Well, I guess they want to Well, press, and you and I were, talk we're talking off air that they, the NHL has... I, I, you and I have looked at the schedule and the other teams that are scheduled to play on Saturday. Well, none of the teams that play tomorrow are scheduled to play Saturday. So we won't know what time the Oilers are playing probably until Thursday night after all of the teams that have the opportunity to play Saturday finish their Thursday games. So we might not know till Thursday at midnight or Friday morning what time the Oilers' chances of closing out this series is going to be on Saturday. All right, we got Brandon on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Brandon, go ahead. How you guys doing? Good. Just a quick question. Um, do you think that it being such a long layoff that it'll weigh more on the minds of the LA Kings just because you know you usually get one day off you can quick reset but now that you have more days off the pressure's on you not to get eliminated home do you think that'll have an impact on anything yeah it's a good question it is a good question I, I honestly think the four day break uh, will benefit the LA Kings more for the simple fact that they got tired players their back end plays a lot. Uh, a Drew Doughty playing a ton. Up front, they got an older player in Anze Kopitar who's trying to go head-to-head -head against Leon Dreisaitl, who's about seven or eight years younger than him. So I think they need that time off. I understand what you're saying. Now they're going to have four days to think about, okay, w yeah. w if we lose our next game, our season's done. And, and then you start not only thinking about that, but you start thinking about five periods ago, we were up 3 nothing on home ice, and we were six minutes or four minutes away from winning a game, and they scored a goal. So that also will weigh on your mind. Uh, but once a game starts, all those things are gone. All the negative energy leaves, and then it'll be the first bounce, first break, first goal, first penalty, something that'll happen on Saturday that will start 
one of the teams to have their push and then just a matter of who executes better. But yeah, it will be on their minds over the next few days, just like the Oilers right now. They wish they were playing tomorrow because they have a chance to close out the series and they want to do it as soon as possible. Oilers win at 6-3. Leon Dreisaitl scores again. He has six goals in this series. Here he is. Leon, what was it like to win one that didn't go down to the wire? Uh, that's good on the blood pressure. Uh, feels good, um, but you know, obviously we're still uh, still one win away from from advancing. So uh, rest up here a couple of days and then um, try and get it done. The adjustments on the lines, Lino, really changed up. Lino, wow. <laughs> I threw him Never, yeah, I know. I was saying Gino, Gino and Lino. No, you know, the changes that were made on the lines really significant. Uh, yeah, I thought uh, all lines were, were playing well. Uh, we're moving our feet tonight, and um, it's a good, good game for us. Did you feel it was, I don't know if it was, as long as you win, whether that was the best game for your team this series? Or how um, yeah, I think we would have liked to uh, be a little more sound defensively, maybe just a touch. But uh, offensively, it was it was good. Um, so it's good good game for us. Good win. Uh, move on. Feels like more and more guys are contributing. You knew Kane would start scoring at some point. He has. You knew Hyman would start scoring at some point. He has. You got a bunch of guys coming now, which is kind of vintage the way you guys play. Is that fair? Yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's why we're a good team uh, because we have so many guys that can put the puck in the net and, and create create chances and goals for us. So um, it's great great seeing those guys uh, get on the board and um, yeah. Just keep going. Okay. Nice to see Stu bounce back. Sorry about that. So it's a Stu bounce back. Good, good game. Yeah, but we we knew uh, we knew that was going to happen. Um, he's mature uh, beyond his years. So um, great, great, great game by him. And my but yeah, like I said, we, we knew that. The team started gaining momentum here. Like each game seems to be a little bit better than the last one. Uh, yeah, I think we're we're starting to maybe skate a little more. Um, so, but. Again, we're still one win away here. Um, rest up and um, regroup. And yeah. You guys were down 3-2 last year. What do you remember about the way you approached uh, that well, situation? You, you know they're going to come out hard. Um, their backs are against the wall. So you know uh, it's going to be a, a, a tight checking game. Um, just have to make sure we're ready. Coming into tonight, Leon Dreisettle had been on the ice for every Oilers mm. goal scored this series. So I set the line at two and a half. How many Oilers goals was he on the ice for tonight for River Cree Resort and Casino? Excitement bet on it. He was on for two. It's under. It's Shelley, the winner of the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. More of your phone calls. You'll hear from Brett Kulak, who had a strong game tonight. Oilers take game 5-6-3. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. And McLeod round out this quintet. Here's Kane. Shot. Score! That got it started 8.08 into the game with four seconds left in an Oilers power play. Evander Kane fires away. Oilers go on to win 6-3 as the Oilers power play struggles tonight going two for three. <laughs> Kings, well, were, Kings were 0 for 1. Yeah, the, the third power play, the Oilers were playing keep away. They weren't trying much. Uh, and that goal by Kane, two things. A, the goalie should have had it. Corpusala should have had it. But B, nice play by Kane. 
He put himself in a position where he got to shoot through the defenseman's legs, what, give, what gave the uh, goaltender a little bit harder sight line to find it, and he never did. And Kane has a... He's, he's got like a Nugent Hopkins wrist shot where it comes off quickly and dangerously accurate. That was a nice shot. 780-496-0063. We have Rocket standing by. Hello, Rocket. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing, boys? Good. Oh, my God. What a game. I can tell you right now, I've got like 30, at least 30 different players that I've coached over the years in lacrosse that are about 30 years old and I've seen all the cups they haven't seen one yet I'm rooting for them this was an epic win going up 3-2 I, I want this so badly for all of them because I've seen it all and I just want them to see it I want the younger generation to see what I saw in the past and especially my grandson, who's now uh, six months old. He's three and oh, or three wins, three playoff wins with the Oilers, and he's only six months old. Nice. I hope everybody gets the win. I hope all the, the younger generation kids that I coach get to see a Stanley Cup. Well, that's that'd... my prayer, that's my wish. And I honestly think it's going to happen. Thank you, Rocket. Well, be fun. There's a long way to go. But as we talked about a lot late in the regular season, this is the best Oilers team in a long time in yep. terms of their regular season record and how they how they finished. And I, and I know there are you know some younger fans who it's not like they don't respect what happened in the '80s, but they're like, well. It's talked about a lot. We want our own own well, memories, so it'd be nice for well, that when, generation of fans to get it too. Well, the, there was a, a generation or two of fans that didn't become Oiler fans. That's true. Yeah, I know. I've, I've I got talked a, about that. I yeah. got a 22-year-old son that, when he was into sports, the Oilers weren't good. They yeah. weren't. They weren't making playoffs. They were near the bottom of the standings. So, like any kid, he wants to cheer for someone that's winning. So all of a sudden, he started cheering for Tampa Bay. Started, he was an LA King fan for a while. Love Jonathan Quick. So there's a whole generation around his age that, I mean, the Oilers, their whole youth, the Oilers were not good. So it's kind of neat now that uh, my son's now a big Oilers fan because the Oilers are winning and he wants to be part of it. He's got all the jerseys, and you're seeing more and more kids at that age. And I can understand what what Rock was talking about, where he wants all of these ones to realize and enjoy what a city is like when they have a team that's doing well and is bringing the whole group together. So hopefully this run the Oilers are on will continue now for a couple months and everybody in Edmonton from the age of 40 or, or younger yeah. can realize what all us old people keep talking about, about the good old days when the Oilers used to be winning Stanley Cups. 6-3, the Oilers win tonight. Nick Bugstad with two goals this evening. 780-496-0063. Anish is on the line. Hi, Anish. Hey, guys. How are you tonight? Good. Awesome. You know, I just was watching the game, and what a great game. And obviously Skinner played the way that he had been playing all season. I really hope that he gets the nod, at least for Vesna. Uh, qualification. I'm just wondering, you know, I think it was important that, you know, when he got pulled 
from game uh, game four, and I'm just wondering, you know, when he was watching for the well, when he was watching for the bench, and then uh, he gets a nod for game five. How does a goaltender prepare mentally for a game after being pulled in a playoff game compared to a regular season game? Well. I, well, first of all, every goaltender that's ever played the game of hockey has been pulled at some point. So, uh, they, as Stuart Skinner talked about, the first little bit he was pulled, he was angry. Mainly angry, probably at himself, that he didn't have the game that he expected himself to have. Uh, you don't make it to the National Hockey League level without having uh, an incredible amount of confidence and the ability to forget things that didn't go right. Uh, if you if you don't have confidence, you don't make it to this level. So uh, most players know when they do something wrong, know when they have an off game, know when things didn't go right, and they can't wait to get the opportunity to go out there and make amends. And Stuart Skinner talked about the fact that he was getting the crease back. He couldn't wait to get back out there and start stopping pucks again. Yeah. And tonight he was very Which good. That's what you want. You know, you want a guy off a bad game to... Yeah. And I would have told that story before, and we have, we've played the clip. Mike Smith told the story when he was... Marty Turco's understudy that Smith went out to handle the puck and gave the puck away and the other team scored and then the next couple dump-ins he didn't touch the puck and Turco said what are you doing he goes well I gave that one away and Turco said no never get back out there and keep doing it 100 percent handle it don't dwell on the mistake right and and, and when you get to this level uh, players they want they want the opportunity they want if you make a, a bonehead play you don't want to be sat on the bench you want to get out there right away because you want to go and show, okay, I'm better than that. I can do that. And that's what good coaches nowadays, and Jay Woodcroft talks about it all the time, that if someone makes a mistake, he's not benching them. And he doesn't have to talk to them most of the time because they know they made the mistake, and he puts them back out there and allows them to correct it or, or do something good to, to, to help everybody forget what he had just done. So... Uh, Stuart Skinner came out, he was confident, he looked calm, and that's the difference between Campbell and, and Skinner, just their demeanor in the net. Uh, Campbell at times might look skittish, does a great job put, keeping the puck out of the net, but Stuart Skinner, he looks completely composed. He looks though like he just, he's going to put some slippers on and put the recliner back and, and watch, watch the game go on out in front of him until it's his turn to make a save. He is that relaxed in there, and when he's relaxed, the rest of the team is relaxed because they got full confidence in them. 6-3, the Oilers take it tonight. Three goals in the first period for the Oilers to set the tone. All right, we have an Oilers fan calling in from Los Angeles. It is Michael on the line. Michael, go ahead. Hey, Reed. How you doing, man? Doing well. First time I got to talk to you. I talked to Rob before. I used to call in a lot back in the old days when him and uh, Dan were on the show. Well, that's and, a long time uh, ago. Yeah, I don't really get a shot chance to do it as much, uh, but also want to, you know, I heard about Dan's accident and uh, glad to hear he's okay. I mean, I was terrible here, but uh, glad everything in this family is okay. Um, I don't want to rehash this too much um, because obviously I was at both games on Friday and Sunday, and I want to go back to Friday just for a second. And I just want to see what your guys' uh, opinion is on just this ruling on when it came down to the high stick call. Again, I don't want to rehash too much. Um, but I want to go back to the game where Campbell made that incredible save, um, glove save, and the puck, and the puck was like in his glove, and there was no inconclusive evidence that that puck went in the net. 
and they still decided oh, the to call the earlier this season. Well, okay, that was that was a case where they can't see the puck outside the goal line. They know it has to be in the glove, so therefore they they, they are allowed to make obvious assumptions, I guess, right? Like if if the puck was under the goalie's pad. And the whole and, pad. And the whole pad went into the net. They, they'd allow it a goal, even though the puck was technically concealed by the pad. So that that's why that goal counted. Because his, his entire glove went was in the net. Was in the net, yes. Yeah. Still got you, Michael? Does that make sense? Oh, he's gone. Okay. Oh, no, I understand. Maybe he's so disgusted at our explanation. <laughs> well, like, that's the one that why we. Why did I call in from Los Angeles? That's the one we were given to. But no, it makes sense. It, it, this one, again, the, the the high stick was one where they watched the video a thousand times, and at no point did they feel 100% well, sure that it was touched. And that's what I asked John Shannon about, and he said they they will not overturn a ruling on probably. And yeah. I said even 99%. He's like, no, they can't. He said they, if there's any doubt, they got to call it inconclusive. Yep. So anyway, that'll just, like we said after that game, it'll go down and Oilers lore as a, as a tough call that didn't go their way. 6-3 win tonight for Edmonton. We also have Luke calling in. Hi, Luke. Thanks for listening. Go ahead. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed the game as much as I did. Rob, I just wanted to touch on earlier where you were talking about, about your kid not being able to experience the Oilers winning. Mm. I'm with my group of buddies here. We've been fans since post-06 playoff run. It's been a tough ride. It's so exciting to see the boys in this position and take a series lead here. I'm so excited for the rest of the playoffs. I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, I believe it's going to be Edmonton-Boston in the finals, and I just wanted to see how you guys match up and if we could pull it out all the way through. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's going to be some good matchups before that for the Oilers. Yeah, we, we've said it all along. If the Oilers make the Stanley Cup final, they're doing something right. Yes. Uh, but, I, but sorry, Rob. No, I, I, there's not a team in the NHL that I don't believe the Oilers can't beat in a series. I, I, I think there's any team that the Oilers play in the playoffs, they can beat. Having said that, there are teams out there that could upset the Oilers, that could beat the Oilers. But I, there's, for me, there's been years where the Oilers have played in the playoffs, and I'm like, well, they might win a they're, series they're or two, a, but they're, they're not good enough. Team. Yes, they're well, not good enough. You could win it, but you need something. But there are four yeah. or five teams in the NHL right now that I believe are capable of winning the Stanley Cup. I believe the Edmonton Oilers are one of them. Yeah, that's how I would say it. Too. I, I think any year you go into the playoffs, out of the 16 teams, you might have a list as short as three or as long as six, where you'd say those are the really good teams. And if they do what they do, that they got a chance. I agree. And I, I mean, I don't think the Boston Bruins are a, a guarantee to be nope, the Stanley Cup. I think they're good. They've run into some injury problems already. They're, they're top two centers up. But the one thing that Boston has is depth. They got great depth that they can miss their top two centermen and still go into Florida and win both games. I think the Oilers right now have one focus. That will be the Los Angeles Kings on Saturday. And then after that, we can probably start talking about the Las Vegas Golden Knights. But until... Until the Oilers get the fourth victory, I don't think we have to worry about too much else. Also tonight, Stars beat the Wild 4-0. They lead that series 3-2. Islanders stay alive. 3-2 win on the road against the Hurricanes. Series is 3-2 for the Canes. The scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Western Hockey League, Saskatoon winning 5-2 over Red Deer. So they win the series in 7 the Rebels were up three games to nothing at one point in this. And the Blades trailed their, their first-round series 2-0 to the Pats. You know what the Blades should probably try to do in the next series? 
is get a lead in the series and take the stress out of it. Although I do believe their next series will probably be against the Winnipeg Ice, who are one of the favorites to win the championship. But good on the Blades, though. Uh, you do not see four-game sweeps after being down 3 nothing. Lose the first often. two at home, too. That yeah. makes it even tougher. Okay, let's go back down to the Oilers' dressing room. He scored tonight in a 6-3 win. Defenseman Brett Kulak. Comfort. Yeah, it's good. I thought, you know, right from the start, we played really well. We came out and, you know, they had a little push and momentum there in the first period and, and they scored a couple goals. But I thought we just stuck to the program. We knew what we had to do. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're a good team. We play our game. I think it's changed a lot. We've talked about our discipline that was hurting us in those, the, the start of the series. And I think that's that's helped us a lot, staying out of the penalty box, not taking those unnecessary penalties and, and killing our momentum. So, uh, yeah, it's a good game and we're, we're moving on. We'll get some rest here and, and focus on game six. Can you describe your goal? Yeah, I think it was just a uh, play. You know, you want to keep pucks below. You don't want to get your shots blocked. So I didn't have a lane in the net, so I just I put one low for the forwards to go to work, and they, they made a couple of nice little passing plays, and then uh, it opened up, and I just I crept down the back door, and, and McLeod made a really nice pass to me. So. Do you feel like you're jumping up a little bit more into the play? Uh, not something I'm thinking about doing, but, you know, I'm focused on I want to follow up the play regardless. And, and, you know, we talked earlier this morning just about habits, and I think it's important to work up ice with the forwards quick, and, and if, if we're case you don't get the puck offensively then then you have a tight gap coming back uh, on the defensive side of things so I think that it's a case of that and then reading reacting a little bit and we got lots of good players who make good plays with the pucks so you want to be ready for very opportunity feels like you guys are picking up a little bit of steam here uh, over the last you know five periods yeah I think uh, yeah I think you're right uh, and I, I think it goes back to you know we're not we're not spending a lot of time in the penalty box not like we were in the first few games of the series and and that just, uh, that's totally different. You keep your work in the whole lineup and everyone's involved in the game and everyone's legs are fresh and, and uh, it changes the dynamic of the game. That was your first playoff goal since uh, the Vancouver Giants. Uh, yeah. How did that one feel? <laughs> yeah, uh, it felt good. You know, it's one you think about. You want to you score a goal in the playoffs there, no matter what time of the game or, or what uh, situation. The playoff goals are always huge, and uh, I was excited to get that one. Do you remember your last one? I don't think I do, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice goal there by Brett Kulak, who's been playing well. Oilers over the LA Kings 6-3 to lead the series Three games to two for uh, Edmonton tonight. As we were telling you, Nick Bugstad scores twice. Kane scores. Dreisaitl, Kulak, and Hyman with the other goals. Ekholm with a couple of assists. McDavid with a couple of assists. Darnell Nurse with two assists. And as we were talking about, spread around tonight. Nurse. Oh, you know what? Dreisaitl led them a nice time. 21-38. Nurse was at uh, at 21-02. Uh, McDavid got to 19-47. Well, I, I think both teams, coaching staffs, started spreading the ice time around a little bit more once the game got out of hand as they're trying to save their the energy of their star players and both teams are going to want to put forth their best effort on saturday because one team is desperate to game get to game seven and another team doesn't want to see game seven at all we have steven on the certainty hotline hi steven you're on with robin reed hey rob hey reed uh amazing game tonight rob i appreciate your insights I agree with you on the go on the Oilers goalies. They Thanks, both bud. make me nervous. But Skinner <laughs> definitely is, uh, he does seem cooler and calmer. So I, I think that's why Woody went with him in game five. Reed, I heard you on Calgary Radio yesterday. You were awesome. You didn't act like a homer. That was, it was really, uh, it was a great 10-minute uh, segment or whatever it was. 
comments tonight. Can we please stop the FU ref chance? It's it's all league wide now. It makes no sense. I get we don't like the referees, but let's like, just let them do their jobs. They're they're just uh, we're just getting people out of the profession, and uh, they're good people. I think I don't know. Anyway, that's just my opinion. And and just one one thought. Can we let's if if let's hope it not gets to let's hope it doesn't get to the game seven, but if it does. Let's stop booing Doughty. Let's let's cheer him. He'll, he'll probably well, throw, him throw him off. off. Yeah, that would that would surprise him. First time he also ah, I don't mind. I actually I, he, booing Doughty does not bother him at all. And no. you actually see him smiling. I didn't like when they cheered when he got hurt when he yeah, blocked I, the shot. I, I, I don't like that because if Connor McDavid gets hurt or Leon gets hurt in an opposition rink, I don't think the fans should cheer. I know a couple of years ago, in the Raptors championship year. Um, what's the the really good player for the Golden State Warriors got hurt? Curry? No, it was the guy that eventually uh, went to Brooklyn, like, Durant. Oh, Durant. Durant. Durant got hurt, and I remember there a whole bunch of people cheered at that point to the point that the some of the players off the Raptors got out onto the microphone and said, no, 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 we don't cheer when a player on the opposition gets hurt. That's wrong. So, yeah, so I don't like yeah. when you cheer when someone gets hurt. I don't mind booing when he gets the I don't mind the, the booing. I mean, it's, that's... It's funny. Yeah, I mean, the, the ref stuff, uh, I, I, I didn't think they were using profanity, though my hearing is, they were there for these, there's been ref, you suck chants. I think that's what I, I, that's what I thought it was, yeah. too. And that's usually okay. what it is in rings. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, there's, I mean, obviously, we, the throwing stuff on the ice here after game one wasn't great. No. Uh, clearly, the story with the young Oilers fan in L.A. was it was awful. Yeah. It usually is a, a, my, a very small minority of fans, but I, I guess... I don't want to sound too preachy here, but I, I guess if you if you feel yourself getting worked up or you want to do something, because most people know when they're crossing the line. You know, they, I think you still mm -hmm. know that, and maybe you don't hold back. But unfortunately, if you do do that, it will reflect on the whole full, whole, whole fan base. So people will still say, oh, that's a blank fan fill in the team, even though it's not fair. That's how people will react in other markets. Yep, so you know, don't, don't do something where you might kind of sully an entire fan base, even if it's just for a day or two. Yeah, I, to me, cheer. But but some of the, yeah, some of the chants and cheers, I mean. Maybe we should be more like the, the, the soccer plays. We used to watch well, the, some of the, they, they make the, up songs the, the and stuff. The last 10 minutes tonight was incredible. Oh, it was like awesome. singing along to Living on a Prayer. And a couple that's what you remember. That's what you remember. Someone like, comes yeah. to their first ever game and that's how the game ends. That's what you remember as a, yeah. as a, a new fan or a young fan. You want to see more of that. Yeah, and fans didn't have to be chewing their nails down to nothing. It's funny. I've seen, oh God, between games that I've played and games that I've done now broadcast, I don't know, is it 3,000? hockey games and I enjoy the close games I do because it's entertaining because I've seen too many games that weren't entertaining but all my buddies uh, all they want is I want a 6-2 game I want a 7-2 game I I want a game without stress yeah and it's funny and then even Leon tonight in his thing the the blood pressure was a little easier tonight so I uh, it, it was I just glad that tonight's game wasn't in overtime I'm glad the <laughs> fact that we're gonna get a fairly normal night yeah, sleep more, as opposed to the, the 8:20 <laughs> start time and then the overtime to go on with it so uh, it was a it was a fun night for everyone here in Edmonton let's hope that Saturday night is another fun night like tonight Oilers win it 6-3 you're going to hear from Bukestad and Skinner coming up on Heartland Ford overtime open line
Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. David rolls up the one-timer, boot turn, deflected home, 5-2, Leon Dreisaitl exalts Zach Hyman. That one might have gone off him. Got him in the face. Off the face and in. Yeah, Jack and Bob mm. calling that one. Hyman off the face and in for his second of the series. That made it 5-2 Oilers with 4-13 left in the second period. Oilers go on to beat the Kings 6-3 tonight at Rogers Place, so they lead the best of 7-3-2. We have Tony standing by. Tony, thanks for calling. Go ahead. I got some questions for you guys. So I was watching the game on Sportsnet, and they were talking about a guy named Brent Clark who L.A. had drafted, and his season ended tonight in the OHL. Do you think that he draws into the lineup, and what kind of impact? And is there any way, because I know the L.A. Clippers, the L.A. Lakers, and the L.A. Kings all shared crypto arena. Well, the Clippers were eliminated tonight, and the Lakers have a chance to be... They will not change the schedule. They will not change the schedule. They cannot change the schedule at all. Nope. Okay, I was wondering about that. No, and the the Brett Clark fly tomorrow. Yeah, uh, yeah, Yeah, they're not changing. And uh, Brett Clark, uh, no, I do not. I do not believe they're going to put in a junior player in Game Six of a Stanley Cup playoffs. Not a chance. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, somebody brought that up. uh, That yeah, they might not need that arena. But if they, they, the Oilers have an off day tomorrow. If there was a game on Thursday, they'd be flying tomorrow. Yeah, no, there's zero chance. No, zero chance. They're not going to change anything. We have Dave as well. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Oh, Dave's gone. Kate, we got Randy. Hi, Randy. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, I really enjoy listening to your program. Uh, I just want to make a a couple points. Uh, You know, in game three, they called that penalty on Dreisaitl after Connor scored to take the lead. And then in the fourth game, uh, Connor was mixing it up with somebody at center ice, and he got tripped, and they didn't call that. And it was, was, you know, they could have called them both if if they're going to call any. Uh, But they didn't, but I'm glad that the... Uh, you know that the Oilers end up pulling out and and tied the and and tied the series. Um, and then after Game Three, it, it seemed like they were shutting down Connor. Uh, and I thought they need to put Connor and Leon together, which they ended up doing that. And uh, they, um, you guys, kind of talked about that the defensive matchups that they like to separate them because of the defensive matchups. But I think it's more of an advantage for Edmonton to keep them together because in the second period, L.A. looked really tired at the end of it. And so I'm just curious about you guys' opinion. Well, well, in a, in a perfect world, they prefer Connor and Leon on separate lines. They be, You have the best player in the world and the second best player in the world, and it's, it just creates matchup problems for the opposition because you, you try to survive the Connor McDavid shift then oh no here comes Leon in, in his shift so you can only got you only have one top pairing set of defensemen you only have one best checking line and now you got to split them up into two uh, they do throw them together occasionally when they feel the need we saw that tonight and they but again tonight they put them together and they are minus 
on the game. Connor and Leon had flashes of brilliance, but I think Connor McDavid was minus two in this hockey game playing with Leon. So uh, you're going to see them over the course. If this, if this ride that we're on right now with the Oilers and their playoff push for the Stanley Cup, if it goes another two months, you're going to see Connor and Leon play together a lot, and you're going to see Connor and Leon play apart a lot. It's just uh, one of the weapons that Jay Woodcroft has. Well, and, all, and, and you touched on it. The Kings did look... They looked tired. A little fatigued. Yeah, yeah. they were. And it, the, uh, the pace has been quick. Well, what did Yager say about hitting guys and holding onto the puck? Didn't you tell me that story that he just... Didn't he tell you once, just keep well, he's hitting the, guys? Well, no, he, he also told me that if anyone's hitting him, just leave him and he'll find me. Just if, oh, right, yeah. If there's two guys I on I thought him. you had a teammate once saying, like, just, you know, make those hit finish your hits in games one and two well but that, it's 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 the biggest thing is is it's not the when the Oilers came out hitting in game one game two it wasn't going to pay dividends in game one and two or right. three but it was going to pay dividends in four and five and six and seven uh Dowdy looked fatigued and again I go back to the overtime goal that Hyman scored in game four in LA Drew Dowdy is is a hall of famer and one of the best defensemen that we've seen in our generation and he had terrible gap on Zach Hyman. He did not get up to where he needed to be. And to me, he was fatigued. He played 33 minutes, 34 minutes that night. He had just had to kill a penalty. They were going four defensemen only. And he's taken a pounding. I mean, everyone that was at the game tonight knows how often that Drew Doughty got hit because there was a loud cheer every time he got knocked over. And they're finishing the checks, and that, that wears you down. And I thought in the last two games, the, especially the back end of the LA Kings look tired. They could not get to this four-day break fast enough. And I do believe the LA Kings are going to be a better team on Saturday night, but also the Oilers are going to get rest, and they will be too. So I think it's going to be an exciting Saturday night game, and I'm hoping the Oilers are able to finish it off there because you do not want to have to go into Game 7 if you don't have to. 6-3, the Oilers win it tonight. We have Lance standing by. Hi, Lance. Go ahead. Oh, hi. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, I got a quick question for Rob Brown before I uh, make a comment about the game. Um, I just wanted to ask uh, Rob about the time the Pittsburgh Penguins played the Philadelphia Flyers, I think it was in the playoff game in the 80s. Uh, Ron Hextall was the goalie at the time. He, was, yep. uh, he had a, a, his goalie stick almost looking like a blade, and he was chasing Rob around the ice. Yeah, he was angry. He was angry. He didn't. Yeah. He's one of the few guys that I could actually beat in a race. So I was kind of excited when the goalie had his goalie pads on. I was capable of beating him. But yeah, no, I scored. Uh, I scored the eighth and ninth goals of the game on him, and oh, wow. he got upset with me and chased me around the ice. And eventually, uh, <laughs> eventually, I got away into the bench. And but yeah, no, it uh, that was a fun night. That actually that. I think we I scored to make it 9-2 or 9-3, and they came back and made it 9-7. It was a typical oh, 1980s wow. yeah. playoff hockey game. Well, what was your other comment, Lance? Um, I just wanted to uh, give a little um, uh, credit where credit is due, I guess. Um, I think the game was played very well by the Oilers, you know, that they their game was progressing just like the the time was ticking down from 20 to zero minutes. I think they played that game very well in that regard where um, there was no, maybe like a few hiccups every now and then, but toward the end 
of the last period, like the third period, when the orders were just like separated themselves from this, from this, uh, um, the big gap in the race of life, I guess you'd say, the, the hockey game of life, I mean, if that makes any sense. But anyhow, um, yeah, uh, it seemed really boring. There was no, there was nothing going on for the LA side. And that just tells me that um, if the Oilers can be play uh, that kind of game more often than not, yeah, I think that yeah we're gonna celebrate for yeah. it in uh, in June. Well, when yeah, when you're up six three or whatever it was, you you want a a low event game as mm -hmm. as Rob says has said, you just want the clock to run for sure. All right, we got uh, Abbas on the line as well. Abbas, thanks a lot for calling. Hey guys, I think the Oilers are gonna win this series. And I'm picking, the, okay, it's early. I'm picking them for final. We're going to see Boston, Edmonton, just like in 88. All right. Well, and 90. Yeah, well, uh, Rob and I always like optimism. <laughs> um, but, you know, four, four days ago, they were down 2-1 in the series. So, uh, I, mean, they're, I mean, after six games, they're in the second best possible position. Or pardon me, five after, games, after yeah. five games, they're in the second best possible position yep. you could be in. Winning the series 4-1 would be the best. So they're up 3-2 they're up and, and, and playing well and hopefully, like you've said, maybe wearing down some of the Kings' strengths a little bit. Yeah, well, they, they were built for big physical playoff hockey. That's what Ken Holland went out and did, and it's it's paying dividends right now because the, the physical pounding that they have put on the L.A., especially the defensemen, and Drew Doughty has been the number one target, and he should be. He's he's an outstanding defenseman. And if you can slow him down just to announce each game, you've done your job, and the Oilers have certainly done that. Skinner and Bukestad both had good games. You'll hear from them next. The Oilers take it 6-3. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Dish off to CeCe, a shot, deflected, score! Nick Bukestad, 4-2, Edmonton, he finally breaks through! Nick Bukestad scores twice. Stuart Skinner makes 25 saves. Oilers win 6-3, here they are. Hey, Stuart. Here. Hi. Um, congrats on the win. I just wanted to get a thought on coming in here after getting the pull the other night and just uh, doing what you did tonight. Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was just huge that we were able to get the win. Um, the guys in front of me did an outstanding job. Uh, obviously, we were able to score uh, score a few goals, which was huge. And uh, I think just how we played all night defensively in the neutral zone. I thought everything was you know we were we definitely wanted it tonight. Just want to ask about your demeanor and just, you know, you, you didn't seem rattled this morning. It's just another day at the office for you. Just, is that just the way you are or is that something you've developed over time? Or uh, I think a little bit of both. Uh, it's definitely, uh, obviously, I've had to go through a lot of experiences uh, to kind of get me to where I am and um, have the demeanor that uh, you guys might see. And, um, I mean, after every single day, tomorrow, when, when we come to the rink, it's another day at work. And then, you know, it just that just continues it's uh i got a job to do and i'm going to do my best to do that every day and nick just a thought on your on your game today moving up in the lineup and how'd you feel and obviously uh getting a couple goals must uh, must felt good yeah it felt good um you know like skinsy said it was a well 
well-defended game by us. I thought that's where it all started. And, uh, you know, playing with Nuge and Hyman a majority of the game, those are some two good players. So just, uh, you know, trying to be hard on the puck in the D zone, and um, usually things happen from there. So, um, you know, team all around, I think if we continue to play like this, we, we give ourselves a good chance. And, um, you know, big bounce back game by Skinzy here. So it was a fun one. Uh, Stuart, uh, what, what did it mean to you to have the confidence put in, into you by the by the coaching staff and to you know to get this start tonight? Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, it feels nice being able to go back in, uh, kind of try to redeem myself a bit. Um, you know, I still think I have a lot to give the team here. Um, I got a lot better, and uh, it's just a huge props on how much the team in front of me has been helping me out. Um, you know, Soupy obviously played a heck of a job, heck of a game uh, when he went in and uh, really helped us get that win. And then just, you know, whenever they tell me to go on the net, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my job. And Nick, we were talking this morning, I guess, about trying to kind of be a bit more of an offensive player, maybe harkening back to your uh, early days in the NHL. Did you feel kind of like that? And did you maybe feel like you changed your game at all to, to kind of complement or to uh, to play with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman tonight? Uh, yeah, um, not really. Just this uh, focus of getting in front of the net. I think that's uh, that's a big thing with, you know, Nuge and Hyman's digging all the time, and obviously Nuge can make plays, so um, I just made an emphasis to try to get to the net. I didn't know I had that second one. I thought Himes did, so that was a fortunate one, but, uh, you know, I think just as a unit, as a five-man unit all night, everyone was together and on the same page, and, um, you know, that's what it takes to win here, so it was a fun one. Fans are buzzing here. It's hard not to get distracted right now, but, uh, yeah, as we, we got to bring that same mentality to uh, L.A. here in a few days. Uh, Nick, what would you be doing right now if you were playing for the Edmonton Oilers? Would you have been back in Minnesota watching the Wild play, or what would you be doing? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Not much. Uh, for sure watching playoff hockey, so it's nice to be playing in it and, uh, you know, joining these guys, great group of guys. So uh, very fortunate to uh, jump jump on this squad at deadline and, um, you know, whatever I can do to help. I'm just, just, just a pleasure to be here. And when the trading deadline was coming up, were the Oilers on? your radar or did that kind of come out of the blue um yeah i mean i don't i i was sitting for four or five days sitting at home watching everyone get plucked off and i was wondering what was going to happen uh, it was kind of a stressful deal so uh when i got the call from um my agent you know he he had initially said it wasn't at edmonton wasn't going to happen so then he, he had to backtrack a little bit and say it was edmonton and um i was happy about that so yeah um it's been great great from there so Nick, what always makes you guys a hard team to play against is you got a whole bunch of guys that can do damage and score goals. So now you know, Kane scored in a couple games. He's joined the fray, and Hyman's got a couple, and then you come in and you get a couple. Uh, is that what makes the Oilers, the Oilers, a team that gets a bunch of different guys that can all score? Yeah, I mean that's that's huge come playoff time. Uh, as far as depth, you know, I, a lot of guys contributed tonight and have been in the last few games. So. Um, 
um, you know, if we can continue to do that, like I said, we give ourselves a good chance, good goaltending, and, um, you know, systematically, I feel like we're all buying in, so that, that's important, and, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's been good so far. We just can't uh, get too high on ourselves. Obviously, have have one more to win, so, um, you know, we haven't done the job for this series. we got to keep moving and uh, come with the same mentality. Nick, for you now, that's that's five goals in, in 20 career playoff games, pretty good production, but it's the first time, if I'm not mistaken, for the team you've been on has won three games in a round and you're on the verge of uh, winning. So you'll play in your first ever where I could win a series game. How much does that mean to you at this stage of your career and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I would do anything to win a Stanley Cup. So, um, you know, just uh, be a part of this and continue to chip away and be a part of the grind and uh, trying to get better every day. It's there's there's nothing nothing better than this. So, um, you know, like I said, we can't uh, can't get too high on ourselves. That squad is good over there, and um, you know they've shown they've they're pretty resilient too. So, um, it's just you know in playoff hockey, you never really know what's going to happen and you got to bring it every night so um yeah i just you know want to continue to contribute and um, be a part of this group nick you had six hits tonight too is that your your mo going into the game that you had to keep up the the parade of hits in this series well when you make a hit with these these fans they're they're going nuts that's that's pretty fun but uh yeah you got to be physical you know a lot of games against these guys so um you know i think we've done a pretty good job of being hard on their d and you know you got to continue to do that one last question you didn't think you scored the second goal you thought it went off hyman yeah i thought yeah i thought hyman was crashing that um but uh yeah it was kind of a fluky deal so uh, it was fun <laughs> to watch him take it off the chin and score tonight and uh, not be injured that was uh, something else but um yeah we'll take it Nick, can you just speak to the back here? Can you just speak to the challenge of trying to close this out on the road in Los Angeles? How difficult it be? Yeah, it's not going to be an easy task. We know that. Um, you know, we got three days here to, you know, kind of think about what we did well, and um, you know, you got to have a short memory if you lose, and I think it's the same if you win. You, you got to, you got to just have a new day mentality, and um, you got to be good at practice and get good sleep, good rest here, and you know. Kinsey will be in the cold tub. He likes the cold tub. I'll probably join him. But, um, yeah, it'd be nice to have a few days off, get our, uh, you know, guys that have been playing a lot, a lot of minutes. So it'd be good to get a little rest and uh, come in with some energy in L.A. Nick Bukestad, Stuart Skinner, speaking after the Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings 6-3. Get more on this game, more on the Oilers on 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Game 6 is Saturday on 630 Ched, presented by Friesen Brothers. We do not have a game time, but of course, we'll let you know as soon as we do. Later on today, Oilers now with Bob Stoffer from noon to 2. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Big thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer here at Rogers Place, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer at 630 Ched. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. We've been live in Studio 99. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers lead the best of seven against the Kings, three games to two.